you know, if you've got a plan for your birth and stuff doesn't go to plan, I believe we have to grieve for that. We have to grieve for the experience that we so deeply wanted and desired that didn't manifest. Hey Curl Friend, welcome back to the Curl Squad's Curl Power Podcast with me, Zoe Fox. In last week's episode, we got pretty raw on the subject of challenging pregnancy and traumatic birth. It did bring up some stuff and I got a little bit emotional, I'm not going to lie. But you know what? I'm a human. If you didn't feel any emotion after nearly dying, then, you know, what kind of a human would you be? So in this episode, we're going to be talking about what it's like to become a mum, be a new mum, first time mum, after experiencing such trauma. It's a lot of responsibility. But before we jump into the episode, I would like to just shout out Debbie. So big shout out to Debbie. Thank you so much for leaving me a tip. She very kindly bought me a coffee over on buymeacoffee.com forward slash curl squad. I appreciate the appreciation. And I'd also like to shout out some of the regular listeners to the show. So big up to Hayley, big up to Sanchi, big up to James. Shout out to Curls and Kawhi over on Instagram. Carly, big love to you. Amia, thank you so much just for the support, for being regular listeners. I want you to know that I appreciate you. And I'd love to be able to shout you out too. A great way to do it is actually just to send me a little a little selfie of where you're listening to the podcast from. Curls and Kawhi did that last week. She sent a picture of her in the gym listening to the last episode. And it was just really good to have that engagement. So take a little selfie, show me where you're listening from, and I will shout you out next time on the podcast. You can hit me up at The Curl Squad on Instagram, Facebook, and also on Twitter. I'm not forgetting TikTok now. Yet we're venturing into TikTok. Or you can find me on Instagram at zoe.e.fox. Send me your selfies. Or you could email me if you are just not a fan of social media at info at thecurlsquad.com. Yeah, show me where you're listening from. Oh, we also made it to number 12 in the top 100 indie personal journals chart on Good Pods. So if you're a Good Pods listener, shout out to you too. Right then, guys, let's get into the episode. Sometimes putting my life experience out there, you know, I do wonder, am I doing the right thing? But I'm always reminded that I absolutely am doing the right thing when I hear back powerful stories from other women who are out there, who are healing too, who have been through stuff too. And the last episode, that had me crying outside the nursery when I spoke to another one of the mums who had been through another very similar situation. In fact, a couple of the mums over at the nursery, shout out to the nursery mums, Obviously, I won't be name dropping the nursery. We don't want any stalkers ending up at the school gates. So, um, yeah, just shout out to the nursery mums. But I am not alone in going through birthing trauma. So just sending big, big love to anyone who has been through that too. And I tell you what, doing this podcast and going through my life experience has really brought home to me what a crazy old life it's been. I've been through some mad old stuff. 
And I'm really proud to be where I am today, who I am today, to have survived, to have overcome and to be thriving after going through so many different challenges. So if you are listening to the podcast and you're still going through your stuff, I hope that this can just bring you a little bit of optimism, a little bit of possibility to let you know that you don't have to live within the confines of the stories of your traumas. You can move beyond those. You can use these traumas to empower you, to propel you onto your purpose. And that's very much what I'm doing now. So I'm just really making it my mission, like I keep saying, to connect with other women, to work with other women, to see what I can do to help them to come through their traumas and to weaponize their traumas, turn them into powerful weapons for personal transformation. Because I've done it myself, now I'm like, come on, like, who else can we elevate to? And overcoming trauma and, and being where I am now doesn't mean that I'm not affected by stuff still. It doesn't mean that I don't get anxious on occasions or, you know, down on occasions. But what it is about is it's about having the skills, the tools, the things that you've learned throughout the, tra- the challenges that can help you to bounce back quicker. It's about recognising when you're going on a downward spiral and being able to bring yourself back. And that hasn't always been easy. Even going back to, you know, when I had my daughter, which is only three years ago now, and a lot of the anxiety that came up when I had given birth, it took me back to, you know, periods of like over 10 years ago. Yeah, we're talking 12 years ago, really, when things were really, really dark. And I think once you've been to that dark space, the thought of going back there is so petrifying. You'll do anything in your power to just keep on the straight and narrow, to keep progressing, keep developing. So I'd just given birth. I'd hemorrhaged. I've got sepsis. I'm on antibiotics and whatnot. They checked over my daughter, who was a whopping £9.7. <laughs> that explains the pelvis pain, doesn't it? And because I had sepsis, they were concerned that she might have contracted sepsis too. So she had to be whisked away and given antibiotics and stuff. All the stuff that I just didn't want for my newborn, you know. It's all the stuff I didn't want. And anything that I'm saying now in this episode is about me and my parenting and how I choose to parent. This is not any judgment on anyone who chooses to do anything any differently. Different strokes for different folks. You do what's good for you and yours and I'll do what's good for me and mine and I'll support you in your journey. So, yeah, as I mentioned in the last episode, I was all about the natural life natural birth you know antibiotics immediately after birth definitely wasn't part of the plan they had to take her away and put a little cannula in her brand new fresh hand they tried to put it in one hand and it wouldn't go in so they had to do it in another so she had little wounds on both hands they had to put like a little splint on her hand with a sock over it to protect the cannula that was inside and it was just like oh baby fox You know, it wasn't how I envisaged things to go. So Kane had taken her over to the paediatric department to get her antibiotics and her her Lyme put in. And meanwhile, I was over recovering in the recovery ward. Still couldn't feel a thing. And I'm warning you now, again, this episode, if you're one of the man them, 
you know, we're going to be talking about some ladies things, some stuff that isn't very glamorous, but, you know, they say you leave your dignity at the door when you go into labour. And that was true. In fact, it set me up nicely, really, <laughs> for my spinal cord injury because it's not all pretty, is it? It's not all pretty. In fact, after I gave birth, because of the epidural, I had no feeling from the waist down whatsoever. You lose continence? Hashtag just saying. So they finally brought my baby back to me. Kane came back with her and, you know, we're having our, our time to, to bond and whatnot. And the nurse came to try and help to teach me how to breastfeed. But it was a male nurse and I was like, oh my God, I feel really weird about this man grabbing my boob and sandwiching it into this new little pink human's mouth. Like, what the hell? But I quickly overcame my anxieties. And you know what? He was such a great nurse. So shout out to you, Mr. Nurse. He was amazing, but where's the milk? There's supposed to be this colostrum stuff that's coming through, this absolute golden nectar of life, which is just filled with all the goodness that the baby needs. But where's it at? My milk wasn't coming in. The baby needed feeding. So they moved me from the immediate surgery recovery ward and took me over to another ward. So I had a bed and the baby was in the little cot thing next to me bassinet or whatever you call them and I'm like where's the milk so we had to end up giving her formula like I said this is my choice my journey this is how I wanted to parent this is no judgment to anybody who chooses to formula feed their children but I was adamant that I wanted to breastfeed it was really important for me so to then have to see my brand new baby drinking formula out of a plastic cup was like it it wasn't what we had planned this whole birthing journey's just gone to absolute shit why isn't anything working out like how i wanted it to so yeah we had this tiny little plastic cup and the way she was drinking it was just the absolute cutest this little the way her little lip was moving about it was adorable but it wasn't what i had in mind so that first night, Kane was absolutely shattered, bless him. So it was like, there's no point in you sitting up in a chair to further mash yourself up. Because as I said before in the last episode, he was full of cold. Tell you what, babe, you go home, get a good night's rest and be ready for us tomorrow morning. We had an appointment. Well, the baby had an appointment to go back up to the paediatric ward um, to be checked out. In fact, the preference would have been for her to have stayed on the paediatric ward for a while but because I had sepsis I wasn't allowed to go on that ward and they wanted her to be with me for bonding obviously which is really important so she stayed with me but she had to go up for these regular appointments so Kane had to be back early the next morning so it was just me and her like what the hell me and a new human there's me cut open from side to side across the stomach after this emergency surgery, which is quite a lot. Like, under no circumstances, under any other kind of emergency surgery, would you then just be handed this little baby, just be like, there you go, heal from your surgery and deal with this kid. Do you know what I mean? It was a lot. We also had the most annoying neighbours on the ward. They were noisy. Like, they had family members 
of about 50 coming in. They were so loud. And the, the girl who'd had the baby, she was such a princess. It was so annoying. And the way that they were speaking to the staff was absolutely infuriating. I'm like, how do you get off, like, speaking to the nurses like that? But anyway... So I'm trying to rest, I'm trying to recover. I've got these people chatting fraff all night, all day. The nurses were constantly having to clear out the room and come in and say, you know, you can't have this many people in here, but they weren't listening. Security had to come, it was just a nightmare. So it started to finally quiet down and settle down and I'm like feeling super vulnerable. I can't even really move and the baby's in the little bassinet next to me. And I can't even really twist and turn to pick her up. So I managed to get her out. And then I'm like, you know what? I just want her to stay in the bed next to me. But then it's like, what if I squash her? Oh, you don't want to sleep in a bed with a newborn baby. What if you roll over and squash her? It happens. But it it also doesn't happen for some people too. So it, it's like, what do you do? So I've got this little baby. I'm absolutely terrified to go to sleep because I, I'm scared to roll and squash this newborn. Equally, I can't ke- get her back into her bassinet. So we're just we're just there, just chilling. I'm like, oh my gosh, I've got this new human life. So I was in hospital for a good few days because of how things went down with my emergency section and sepsis and hemorrhage and whatnot. So I was sharing this room with this nightmare family for a few days and it just got to a point where I couldn't take it anymore the nurses couldn't take it anymore so I got upgraded into a private room so when you are birthing you've got the option of paying basically to have your own private room some people do that I wasn't gonna pay for that Um, but we got a complimentary upgrade because our fellow residents were absolute nightmares so now I'm in this side room but in some ways it's more scary because I just feel really alone And because the staff were so busy, they weren't really coming in very often. But bless my cane, he was like, what do you want to eat? And he came over to Portobello to pick me up some nice Thai food and came back and had a little Thai meal and stuff like that in the room. And we just got this new human and there's still no milk. So I'm sort of getting to a point now where I'm like, yeah, you know what? I feel even more vulnerable in this side room. I'm kind of ready to go home. So we decided to go home. We were discharged eventually after waiting like hours and hours and hours. And I'll never forget feeling absolutely petrified leaving that hospital. On discharge, the nurse handed me two carrier bags filled with medication that I needed. I had to have injections um, to keep my blood thin and various other different things. So I had to self-administer more needles as if IVF wasn't enough. You know, I didn't imagine having to leave after having a baby with two giant bags of medication. I'll never forget that car ride home. Just so scared. We've got this tiny little baby bundled into her car seat in the back. And I'm just like, I don't know if I'm up to this. Still not feeling myself, still feeling, still very much recovering from an absolute ordeal. I remember Kane having to pull over at one point on the way home and I was just inconsolable, crying, just feeling very overwhelmed, very frightened. He sort of gave me a little bit of comfort and off we went back home and 
there we were, home with the brand new baby. This little baby that we've been waiting for all, for all these years was finally in our flat. Like, what the heck? So that night I went to bed, woke up in the morning. Hallelujah, the milk has come in. But it's like, I was... It, <laughs> It's like some sort of scene out of a comedy or something. It was literally just squirting out of me. My pyjamas were soaked. Uh, it, it wasn't a good look because the midwife comes round like the next morning to check, you know, my community midwife came round the next morning to see how I was doing. So she rang the bell. I don't know what time it was, but I was like, I got out of bed. My grey pyjamas are just absolutely drenched with milk. I'm a mess. The flat's a mess. She comes in and she's like, oh, your milk's come in then. I'm like, I don't know what to do with it. So we ended up having to have an emergency breastfeeding team come round to help me because by this point I've got so much milk and the baby's not latching and it was just really intense. So my community midwife, my amazing community midwife that saved my life, arranged for this emergency breastfeeding team to come and to help me out. So they came armed with a pump, show me how to get the baby to latch and we eventually got there I was on a really strict routine of having to pump through the night and it wasn't ideal you know what I mean you just want to get your head down but I've got to set an alarm and pump and make sure that this milk is 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 produced properly and flowing properly and finally you know we got the baby to latch but my days was it painful if it wasn't for my sheer like grit and determination to to want to breastfeed because for me that was so important it would have been so easy to give up because it's oh my gosh what is that all about that's painful <laughs> it's really painful and I can see why a lot of people do not decide to go forward with it because those early stages when you're getting accustomed to it not a pleasant experience I remember crying on the sofa like bleeding at this point at the nipples because it was so painful looking at Kane and Kane was just like you are amazing he he just spoke these beautiful words to me and it just really gave me a sense of power to just persevere really because after what I've just been through you know it's putting everything into perspective isn't it okay so yeah this is painful and it's not that nice but this is the best thing for this little human at this time who's been through antibiotics we've been through sepsis and all this sort of stuff so it was it was what I wanted to do. So finally, we got there with the breastfeeding. Let's not even start about the mastitis and um, all of the other stuff that comes with it. Blocked milk ducts, the pain, big burning, bouldering boobs that are just like, feel like they're on fire. It's no joke. I remember waking up in the mornings and I'm like, I'm super anxious because my health still isn't right. I'm still so swollen, like my legs were huge. In fact, when I was in the hospital, they put me on this machine called the Flotron, which is something that sort of like pumps the um, pumps your legs to sort of keep things flowing because they just got so swollen. I was at home, my feet, my legs, I just looked yellow and puffy and my legs were, were still huge. I remember just having a feeling, now I've got this anxiety like feeling that, oh my God, something's really wrong, I'm going to die. Because of the trauma of what had happened, I was just feeling really vulnerable. I phoned my midwife, oh, I don't feel good, I think something's wrong. And it was just anxiety. But being in a real dark, fearful place like that, when you've got this brand new baby, 
it's a really intimidating space to be. You want to do your best for the child, but you just don't feel capable within yourself, you know? It's frightening. So eventually I started to heal. I started to feel better. I started to step into this motherhood thing. So because before I'd gone into labour, as I mentioned in the last episode, I'd gone down this hypnobirthing route. So with this particular hypnobirthing programme that I was following, they encourage you after you've given birth to post in the Facebook group and put a positive spin on your experience, um, being mindful of, you know, other people that are still pregnant. But what about if my experience wasn't positive? It was weird because this community that I'd really felt a part of through pregnancy all of a sudden felt hostile towards me and my experience and I didn't feel as though it it didn't hold space for me and my experience, my traumatic experience because you know what, it wasn't pleasant and I'm not just going to put a positive spin on it to make other people feel comfortable because how am I honouring myself and my own experience within that? kind of toxic actually to say to women who have been through birthing trauma can you just tone down your experience please so that it doesn't upset other women well actually no obviously I'm not going to go out of my way to trigger anyone but where's the space that's being held where we can share our authentic experience and the ugliness of it and the darkness of it because it was ugly and dark you want me to put a positive spin on having a brush with death while I'm giving birth no I wasn't in that space at that time to be doing that even now you know three years on yes I have a blessing at the end of it absolutely but I still think it's really important to hold space for the stuff that isn't pretty and isn't Facebook and Instagram worthy because we as women who go through trauma deserve to be heard deserve to be understood and you know if you've got a plan for your birth and stuff doesn't go to plan I believe we have to grieve for that we have to grieve for the experience that we so deeply wanted and desired that didn't manifest and it's okay like if you've been through your dark experience it's okay to just take that space for yourself and honor just how difficult it is because the thing is you know what sometimes people they just don't want to hear they're not interested in our challenges but I am, I'm interested in our challenges I'm interested in you and I'm interested in your story and I want you to know that Your story, your experience is valid and it's powerful. Honour your experience and your trauma. You don't have to brush anything under the carpet as far as the curl squad's concerned. You come with your war wounds because you know what? It's our war wounds that make us who we are. It's our war wounds that paint the picture of how we experience life. And just because people don't want to hear it, doesn't mean that you should stop yourself from allowing that self-expression. It's so important to have a space to be able to express those fears, those anxieties, because when you hold them in, they get magnified. If you don't have a safe space to let them out, they can build up inside. They can build up and you can create stories around these traumas that then create behavioural patterns that then set in and become routine. And before you know it, you've lost yourself in the trauma of your story. 
and the deep, dark internal fear that dwells within that you haven't had chance to reason or express. So if you don't have the support network, if you can't afford a therapist, I would, I mean, a therapist would be great just to have somewhere that you can express. Friends and family are good too, but unless you are specialised in listening, sometimes I think as friends and family, what we tend to want to do is give advice. And sometimes all we need to do is just be heard. Sometimes the best thing you can do for somebody who's been through a trauma or a challenge is just listen. Listen, suspend that temptation to say, I'll do this or do that. And just hear what the person has to say. If you don't have a friendship support group that can listen to you, and if you can't afford a therapist, one of the things that you can do just to help get things out of your head and rationalised is journaling. And I just find journaling so powerful because you can just get into a real free flow of consciousness. It's a great way to be able to express yourself without any judgment. And I think sometimes just taking that time to write things down and get things out of your head, it can make the world of difference. It really can. You don't even have to write it down with a view of reading it back. In fact, something that you can do, which is also really powerful, is write a letter to yourself. You can write a letter to yourself about what your hopes and dreams were, how it didn't work out and how it made you feel. And you can keep that letter or, you know, in a ceremonial way to close the chapter, you can write that letter. And if you truly feel like you've been able to express yourself to the fullest, and this letter could go on for pages and pages, do whatever it takes to get those thoughts out of your head, out of your heart and onto paper. Because everything is energy and these thoughts create energy and that energy stagnating within you, it can be problematic so it's really good to be mindful of these thoughts and feelings. And like I say, it's great to be able to get it out onto paper. And you can, after you've finished it, if you want to close that chapter, rip it up, burn it. Do it safely, though. We don't want any burning buildings. But yeah, writing can definitely help. Because I know for a lot of people, and it's been me in the past, really lacking in anyone to be able to express my true feelings to. Sometimes the best person you can trust is yourself. And that's why I really support journaling. Today's episode just absolutely flew. I had so much more in my mind that I was going to talk about, but we've sort of hit the episode limit, really. I'll drop another episode next week talking about really stepping into that new motherhood and stepping out, leaving the house for the first time and starting to engage with baby groups and mums and all of that sort of stuff there. So thank you very much for listening. I appreciate you. Don't forget to send me your selfies of where you're listening from. Share any thoughts that came up in this episode. It's always really interesting for me to hear what it is that is resonating with you if there were any particular parts please do tell me more I'm also as I've mentioned in a previous episode going to be taking on one-on-one -on -one clients again anytime soon 
So I'm ready to start booking in discovery calls with women that are maybe stuck, not quite feeling where they want to be in life. I am a professional problem solver. So let's chat. It's a free, no obligation call. See if we can figure out some ways to help you move forward in life, whether you've got a business idea, whether there's just some stuff that is holding you back. Let's thrash it out. Let's see what we can do. Let's get you moving towards your potential. I'll drop the link in the show notes, but if you visit the Curl Squad website forward slash work with Zoe, then yeah, you can book a call there and let me know if you are ready to live with purpose. So other ways to support the podcast, please share the episode with your friends. It's really good actually to see the listenership starting to grow, which is great because I do think that these are some really important topics that are haven't just affected me, they're affecting you, they're affecting women all over. And I really want to just give a voice to that and add some weight to that. But you know what? We live in a really shallow world where unless you've got certain digits on your socials, people just don't even consider what you have to say. I mean, what has society become? So with that said, please do come and follow me (laughs) at zoe.e.fox so we can add some credibility to this thing, have people listening to us, amplify our voices, take this thing seriously and let's propel us all to the next level. Okay, you can also follow us at The Curl Squad on Twitter, TikTok, Facebook and Instagram. You can drop a tip at buymeacoffee.com forward slash the curl squad. But don't be overwhelmed by all of these. You can do this, this, this and this. Just scroll on into the, into the show notes and see which tickles you fancy. Right then, curl friend, I'm wishing you the blessiest of blessed weeks ahead. There's some good energy at the moment. Some good energy. So let's harness it. Let's harness it. Have a good week. Big love, girlfriend. Peace out, and I will catch you next week.